0: Within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the this time is for the us control. to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do they enable the impossible.
1: When it comes to side projects, what's a distraction and what's destiny? Why do some companies' side projects flounder while others flourish? Today, we're talking with Michael Cho, founder and CEO of Unsplash. Four years ago, Unsplash was just a project meant to support the core business. It ended up becoming so popular, Michael and the team spun it out into its own company. Side projects saved Michael's business, and having one might save yours too. I'm Megan Keeney Anderson, and this is The Growth Show. Michael, your full-time job right now is Unsplash, which is the restricted, free-to-use photography site, but that wasn't always the case. Will Correct. you tell me a little bit about what Unsplash was like at its inception?
0: Yeah, so it, it actually started more as a marketing project for our company crew. And what we were doing at the time is we were helping connect high-quality designers with high-quality projects. And we noticed one of the problems that people had before they went and built a website or a mobile app. Uh, They were often looking for images. And we said, well, hey, maybe that's a problem that we could solve. And we actually had that problem ourselves. So when we, we were designing the first version of our own homepage, we did a photo shoot because we had such a problem trying to find photos on stock photography that looked good. So we just took our own. And we ended up with all these leftovers. So we thought you know, this could be a really interesting thing to do. And rather than just put them up on a blog post, we could take it a step further and actually create a site out of it. So within an afternoon, we actually thought the idea was kind of stupid too. So we (laughs) didn't share it with anybody. I only put it on Hacker News. So an online community for designers and developers. I'd never had success there. So I purposely put it there because I was like, if it takes off here, that'll be a great proof point. But I doubt it. And I just didn't look at it after we built the site in a couple hours And then uh, I got text messages and I started getting alerts from Google Sheets because we hacked it together. We had Google Forms and a Tumblr blog. And then that day I learned that there's like a maximum limit on Google Sheets for how many people can sign up for something because we had over over 20,000 people sign up in the first day.
1: So was that the moment that you knew that Unsplash was more than just a side project? Did it take some time? What were the signs beyond beyond breaking the yeah. Google Sheets? I guess that's a pretty clear <laughs> yeah, that, sign. Yeah,
0: that was definitely a sign. And then, and then there was a few others. So we originally the tagline on the site was we would do 10 high-res photos that you could use for anything every 10 days. Uh, so people kept subscribing even after that first day. And we weren't doing any extra work on it. Uh, so that was, that was an initial signal like, wow, maybe there's people interested in more and more and more things that we could do here. Uh, and I also put a submit a photo link on the site as well. I didn't expect anybody to put anything there, but we figured we'd see what would happen. Worst case, we would keep filling up the photos. But from the first week, we had people submitting photos, and that was another signal. I was like, Okay, wow, there's people who are interested in contributing to this, and there's people who are interested in getting the next batch of photos. So those were some of the early signals that this could be something more, and that's why we continued doing it.
1: So I think one of the things we're trying to dive into here is, is what is it that sparks a side project? What kind of turns it into something more? When you say we, you, you've, you've yeah. referred to we a couple of times. Was it the whole company working on this? Was it a smaller cohort within the company of Crew?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So at the time, there was just four of us. We had four co-founders. And the reason we started doing these projects in the first place is we had actually gone through a lot of our funding trying to figure out our business model for our core company. Uh, nothing was quite sticking, so we never grew the team, and we were starting to run out of money, so we Uh, needed to think of weird ways to grow. Uh, We didn't have a budget for ads or any other types of, even even guest blogging and building up our own blog. We just didn't have time for that. We had about six months' worth left of runway to do something. Uh, So we knew we needed to do something weird. So we did have that alignment as a team, uh, but then we just became very sensitive to trying to see those little gaps. What are all these little problems that we could solve in a big way? And Unsplash was the first experiment towards that, and it, and it did prove that there's a there's a strategy that we could potentially expand on.
1: Was it frustrating at all to you know you put your heart and soul into this core business and it's not getting traction, and then this side project starts to really blow up? Yeah, <laughs> is that is that a source of frustration at all, or or was it all enthusiasm?
0: Yeah, I think there was there was still a feeling of enthusiasm. We knew, you know, at the beginning, our core business had a business model baked into it, so we knew there was going to be challenges with getting to revenue, uh, and it was a two-sided marketplace. So those business models have challenges as well. Right. But yeah, there was a, a almost like a release feeling when you saw Unsplash take off, and and you said, "What are we missing from our core business potentially?" that Unsplash has. And that analysis like, kept happening because we kept seeing that. You're right. You know, with just one person for an hour a week and the growth was about like 30X in that first year.
1: Yeah. So what were those things? What what was happening in Unsplash that wasn't happening in crew at the time?
0: Um, so I think, you know, the big thing we focused on was um, delivering for the people doing the work and the people who are hiring for the work. And I think What we noticed with crew is we were trying to keep doing both and going back and forth and building something really great on both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with your limited resources, there's only four people. So it takes a long time to do that. And I also think the underlying model was still kind of similar to what existed. So it was very hard for it to just push out and be obvious, an obvious solution. Whereas Unsplash, we really focused on let's deliver these photos. We'll handle the supply. We'll put the photos up ourselves and we'll just create this really great single experience for people to come that solves all five of the problems for getting a photo. And I think that hit immediately with people, and the ease of use is what made it take off.
1: The ability to focus on that one side of things made it a little bit. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So talk us through when you made the decision to start to shift your focus as a company from Crew to Unsplash.
0: Yeah, Uh, so this conversation started about a year ago where we, I, I one of our co-founders, we actually kept seeing it go further and further and further and we said, we need to do something with this at, at some point because one, it's a great referral source and we could help it be an even better referral source to crew and two, it may become its own thing anyway. And so that decision was made about a year after we started the site. So we started the site in May, 2013, and yeah. then we made that decision to put one person full-time on it. Uh, And each person, it was like, did orders of magnitude for the growth of Unsplash. And it it, it kept accelerating over years and years. And We kept watching all the signals. We were watching all the data uh, until finally we decided about a year and a half ago that let's take this and we can't really do these two things at the same time if we want to do them well. We need to make a decision. We started seeing the signals of crew and the core business and we had some challenges with that. Uh, in terms of getting to the scale of growth that Unsplash was at. Yeah. Uh, so there were some obvious signals. It was just a hard thing you know, when you work on something for four or five years yeah. uh, to just say everything goes here. Uh, so we did make a choice, but yeah, it was a tough one.
1: Since the time that you've done this, since you have launched Unsplash as its own business, starting it as a side hustle, yep. uh, this idea of the side project has become more rooted in the way businesses operate today. Right. I think initially it was kind of seen as a distraction when you think about Google four or five years ago saying that their staff could invest 20% of their time into another project. Yep. Um, I think even that was kind of contentious uh, when they first came out with it. Today, side projects are more and more common. What do you think has changed?
0: Uh, yeah, so I agree. When we were searching and debating if this should even be a strategy for us, the only thing that was around at the time was the Google 20% time. And there was nothing tangible tied to that. You know, it was like a psychological, mental benefit for people. Yeah. Uh, so we were fortunate in a way because we said, well, let's just bet all on this because that's all we can do. We don't have any money to put anywhere else. Uh, and we were able to then look at the metrics and we wrote a post which was the uh, how side projects saved our startup yeah and that shared the actual roi behind doing these different side projects and these tools uh, versus other things even like that things are very good like building up a blog and how long those can take and the amount of resources Uh, so i think that that comparison it really helped us and we tried to share that with everybody Uh, and then we had a lot of great response from that. And then there was big companies that we started to see really rolling out these strategies and these these same beliefs. And I believe that there, that is the the future of where all of this is headed because it's very difficult now with so many things being created. How do you stand out? Just the fact that something looks like something else, people start to ignore it, no matter how good it is. You see that with blog posts. You see that with ads. Even if the, it's good, it just doesn't kind of filter through the noise.
1: You mean if it's not new?
0: Right. It just the medium, you know, if the medium is the same, if people go on a podcast search list, just the fact that you're in the podcast list automatically kind of reduces the amount of attention that people are giving to you because you sit within thousands of others. But when you have a product that looks different and it sits out, that's a product and and that there's still room in there. Uh, And it just takes that extra step.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. So Let's talk about what you guys had to do within Crew to make this possible. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the 20% time rule that Google has or the fact that you guys w- were really having some, some struggles with the core business at Crew, mm-hmm. um, how how can companies begin to intentionally change their culture and think about side projects as a way to help grow? Do you, do you need something as sort of explicit as the 20% time rule?
0: Yeah, I think... Doing the first one is, is going to be the challenge because it's how do you, if you've never done one, it's challenging to know what is the makeup, what is the chemical makeup to make that thing happen. Right. Uh, and I can share some of that. We did about five of these in the span of three months and we looked back on it. Uh, none of them took more than 13 hours of total time. Uh, there was no custom, little to no custom or design development that was done. Uh, And I think that's a really important formula because it forces you to use existing tools. It forces you to not um, overcreate something in the beginning because then your expectations increase. Yeah, I think that was some of the beauty of Unsplash. We easily could have built a custom version, but we have a core business to run. So I think applying those constraints and potentially using some of those benchmarks that we experienced... Would be good for other companies. Um, so, when it comes to like 20% rule, if we look at that, we were four founders. At the time, I was largely in charge of, of the marketing side of things. So, you could say I was doing about 80% of my time and I was 75% of the team. Right. So, it did kind of math out to being that. Um, but I would definitely constrain as much as possible. Don't put any design and development until you've felt a few of these without that extra ability to do design and development on it.
1: Yeah, and then there's always a question of maintenance, right? So Unsplash wasn't the only side project you launched at Crew. What happened to the others?
0: Yeah, so we have uh, How Much to Make an App was another one. Uh, Coffee and Power, which was basically just taking all the coffee shops that we found that had good Wi-Fi and plugs and good coffee. Okay, that's amazing. We put the Wi-Fi passwords down, um, and we used existing tools. So we used Foursquare, and we linked those to a page. That way we could always just change Foursquare rather than having a custom backend to have to do things. Uh, How much to make an app? Also, there was no maintenance apart from if we ever wanted to change the base formula, and then that was just putting numbers in. Uh, so there's no like design changes that we were doing to that. So exactly what you mentioned. There shouldn't be, that was a requirement for us. It should be able to be put up and be repeatedly useful without any maintenance.
1: See, I think that's a really important distinction. And it's not just about limiting the amount of time you're putting into the creation of this thing, but that you're building on existing structures so that you're not building anything new. Uh, I think that line is is a really important one as people start to think about side projects.
0: Correct. It, it's very similar uh, to let's say if you were going to write or start a blog, the ideal things to be writing is content that will be as good today and it will be good in two years and it'll be good in five years and 10 years. That's the most efficient thing that you can be writing versus news, right? News kind of hops up and then goes back down. Right. And I think that's the same thing that you can do with this. Think about how you build in a few things right now that get people to, in, in, a, in a year, two years, three years, five years, they could keep coming back to this and it'll still be useful without you having to do any maintenance.
1: Simply put, you're looking for leverage. Correct. Are you a photographer yourself?
0: Uh, so no, I'm, a pre, I'm an appreciator of good photography. Got it. Uh, and my background was actually in design. So I started uh, at a design agency and that's when I got really connected to online products. I think the challenge with that was always finding photography to make, yeah. help your, make your product look good. I was
1: going to say, you knew that problem acutely yeah. of, of hunting through Creative Commons and Google Images and stock photos to find anything that wasn't drivel.
0: Yeah, and I had been doing that for years, and it just felt like the problem never got better. Every time I would hop in and keep searching and looking for things, there was watermarks, confusing licenses. I never quite knew if I could actually use an image.
1: Is there a photographer on Unsplash that is just gets you every time?
0: Oh, there's quite a few. There's people who are Joshua Earl is one of our earliest, and he's become famous for. You'll see a a photo, and he's in it, but he's not facing the camera. He's kind of looking off in the distance. Yeah. And he's become kind of famous for that shot. And actually, my co-founder, his arm, he's become sort of the Joey Tribbiani hand model <laughs> nice. of the of the internet. So, uh, we've searched his photo, and his stuff is all over. He's one of the original ten photos. And then now there's just people who amaze me all the time. I'm on the site and I see these photos and see what people are giving. And this is a high resolution photo that I never expected we would ever have on Unsplash. And now people can use this to go and make millions of creative things.
1: And they're remixing photos and and creating... New concepts in addition to just uploading their photography that they're not going to use.
0: Correct. Yeah. So the people, we actually have uh, 81% of the people who contribute photos see themselves more as just photo enthusiasts or hobbyists. They're not actually, they don't see themselves as professionals. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So that's, so it's that's really more a, along your line. Yeah. Right. It's really like the creative community is, is fueling this on both sides. Uh, and I think that's a very exciting thing. Moving forward, people have the motivation to give to this because they're also using it and that makes it very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, got it. Uh, so I do want to talk about kind of going back to the functional aspects of the site. I know there's a search bar, uh, you know, at the at the top of Unsplash. Is search and SEO something that your team is focusing on? Do you want to unseat Google images as a way to discover uh, photos for your projects?
0: Yeah, so we yeah we have those things. I think a lot of our focus still to date has been creating a deep site that feels meaningful when you go on it, and we've proved that. You know, so the average session there's over two hundred and seventy photos viewed on Unsplash. Uh, yeah. Almost seventy percent of people who come to Unsplash are coming direct, so they're actually skipping Google altogether. Uh, so I think we've we've really focused on that rather than SEO or trying to. Uh, unseat Google Images. Obviously, Google Images is a thing. A lot of people are using it. But I see Google Images more as communication imagery, and Unsplash is more like creative imagery. So I'm coming to Unsplash, and I'm about to create something, or I'm about to do something. And Unsplash is the place where I go for that. And I can see our library expanding to including all kinds of content that will include communication. But Google Images is much more, almost like when you're looking for an article, like a very entertainment focused. Except mm-hmm. you might be looking for an image that displays that article.
1: But there's an intentionality behind a search that goes into Unsplash as opposed to necessarily Google Images.
0: Right. There's a there's a very much I'm about to do something. Yep. And and that's the difference. Yeah.
1: All right. So my my final question for you is um, back to this idea of you know what people need to consider when they are starting side projects. Side projects like this often start with a shorter vision for the future. You're just trying to get traffic for your original site. Uh, And then at some point you have to cross over and start thinking about the long-term vision for this side project. How did you guys make the transition with Unsplash and what would you recommend for others in thinking about moving from thinking about the short-term to the long-term?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's important to have that really near-term vision at the beginning with these. In the context of side projects, you do have a core business that you're running. I know people like big visions, but for these little projects, they should be very concrete, solving a simple problem and be very simple and have no maintenance. That's kind of the initial criteria. Then you can watch the signals and you can see what is it doing? What is it doing in terms of referring to the core business? Are there things that you didn't think about that come up that do become maintenance, that do become extra, that don't make it worth it to continue doing. And you can usually see those signals within a month or two. So if you don't do this huge upfront investment, sometimes that's the challenge. If you do a big upfront investment and then you launch it, you have all these expectations of what this thing needs to be in order for right. it to be a success. But if you limit that, you know, if you limit that to 10, 15 hours, and that sounds crazy, but if you, if you constrain it to a 10-day project that someone's kind of doing part-time, it can be this squeezing of like creativity that happens in that moment and your yeah. expectations are much lower. And you can see early signals within a month if this is something that we're going to keep going with or we're just going to leave it. We're going to leave it as is because we built it for this purpose to solve this little problem and it doesn't need to be anything more than that.
1: Makes sense. All right. Well, Michael Cho, thank you so much for spending the time with us today and congratulations on the success of Unsplash.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, you could rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps spread the word. And if you want to drop us a line, we're always around on Twitter, at The Growth Show. We'll be sure to respond.